the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you for joining us today. The Holy Bible emphasizes the priority of prayer and fasting in the Old and New Testaments. That alone reveals the importance of consistent devotion to these doctrines in our Christian lives. During this season of Lent, Pastor Draper shares a three-part series on their spiritual significance. We cannot comprehend the unspeakable joy as well as spiritual and personal rewards that await us when we faithfully fulfill these commandments. Listen in with Bible, pen, and paper handy as you will want to take notes. The following passage gives uh, gives us instruction on how to pray and fast. Everybody with a Bible, turn to Matthew chapter 6. We're going to look at this a little close. We're going to look at this closely. Matthew chapter 6, verses 6 and 7, and verses 16 through 18. Are y'all hanging with me? This is all about prayer. Matthew chapter 6, verses 6, through 6 and 7, and then verses 16 through 18. Look what it says. But you. Who is you? Me. Say me. me. Okay. But you. When you. Now, you know what? If you have a pen, if it's your Bible, I want you to underline the when you in that passage. Okay? So it is expected that we fast and pray. But you, when you what? Pray. Okay? He's... It's assuming you're going to pray. Go into your room. You ought to have a place of prayer. And when you have shut your door, a private place, pray to your father who is in the secret place. And your father who sees in secret will reward you what? Openly. And when you pray. Look, look, underline that again. Look, and when you. You, you saw the first when you. Now here it is. When you, in other words, Jesus is expecting his children to pray. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathens do. God is not hard of hearing. You don't have to use the same words over and over and over like heathens. That's right. For they think they, uh, they think that they will be heard for their many words. And sometimes some of your prayers are too wordy. And you know what? Oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. Now, when people come up here and they have to, and they take up the whole service and can't stop praying, it, it tells me that they're not praying at home. Because if you got a strong prayer life at home, you don't have to come up here and pray 30 minutes straight and don't give anybody else a time to pray. You, listen, you pray all you want at home, but when you do public, when you come before the church, your prayers ought to be uh, not, they ought to not be of many words. Just because if you're praying wordy don't mean the prayer has substance. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Your, your, your prayers to be impacting. And people think because they being up there long, that's impacting. 16, verse 16. Moreover, when you fast, did you see that? Underline that. When you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with a sad face, sad countenance. 
for they disfigure their faces that they may appear, you know, look to men to be fasting. In other words, I'm going to look like I'm a man of prayer. I'm a woman of prayer. I'm going to put on my spiritual face to impress folk, to show them how spiritual I am. That's hypocritical. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. When you try to look spiritual, act spiritual, trying to impress folk, and they say, oh, she sure is, sure is, I'm going to say pretty. She sure is spiritual. He sure can pray. And he just, the Bible says, you already got your reward. I'm not going to reward you because that's the best reward you can get. And I don't want man to reward me because anything he does is temporal. Look at 17. But you, uh-oh, here it is. Here it is again. When you fast, look at that, when you anoint your head and wash your face. In other words, look normal so that you do not appear to be fasting, but to your father who is in the secret place. And your father who sees in secret will reward you what? Openly. In other words, go on with your life, increase your life of prayer, but you don't have to put on this spiritual air about yourself to impress folk so that they can say to you, man, I wish I can get where you are. Man, I, I, you inspire me. And, you, and, you, and you're just eating up those commendations to your own spiritual demise. Fasting God's way put us in a position to be tremendously blessed by God physically and spiritually. Now allow me to transition. I'm going to give you five uh, insights on what happened if God's people failed to pray. I'm going to just do five. I have about 12 or 13 of these or so, but I'm going to do five today uh, so that you, so that I not choke you with too much insight and then we'll continue on next week, Lord willing, uh, to with this, uh, what happened if God's people fail to pray. Number one, if we fail to pray, we will faint. That's what will happen. With all the devastating earthquakes, have you ever seen all these earthquakes? All natural disasters, fires, floods, tornadoes, hurricanes, terrorism, a sputtering economy, rising cost of fuel, wars and rumors of wars, a society that is calling evil good and good evil, and not to mention our personal trials. If we fail to pray and keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, we will faint. When you faint, that's to become weak, to become feeble, due to a lack of spiritual strength. Because of a lack of spiritual strength, you become weak. You, I mean, you, uh, things just wipe you out. Isaiah 40, 31 says, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be what? Weary. They shall walk and what? Not faint. When you wait on the Lord, the Lord will help you. He'll help you to stand when everybody else around you is falling. He will sustain you. He will renew your strength. Luke 18, 1 says, and he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. In other words, if you're not praying, you will faint. You will lose heart. Your circumstances will get the best of you. You will be wiped out. 
Number two, what happened when we fell to pray? God's children fell to pray. When we fell to pray, we grow weary and well-doing, which will cause us to become fatigued, exhausted, and worn out. You become weary in the things that God has called you to do. You know, you, you become weary in the ministry and, and the things that you ought to do for the kingdom. Matthew eleven twenty eight says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. God is, will provide rest, spiritual rest for those who are in need of rest. You see, prayer renews our strength. Prayer refreshes us. It revives us. God provides rest for those who come to Jesus and surrender their burdens to him. Number three, what happens when we fail to pray? When we fail to pray, we become more self-centered and insensitive to the needs of others. That's right. It's, it becomes more of a, of a being about us. We become less compassionate when we fail to pray. Will not bear one another's burdens, and there will be a decline in intercessory prayer when we fail to pray. When we fail to pray, when we fail to pray, it's more about us and less about God. Let's look at some intercessory prayers in the Bible, just a couple of them, a few of them. They're all over Scripture. John 17, 20 through 23. Jesus is praying here. This is the Lord's Prayer. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me and the glory which you gave me, I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one, I in them and you in me that they may be made perfect in one and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. Jesus prays for his disciples and those who would believe the words of the disciples and carry on the gospel torch for the glory of God and his church in the future. Jesus prays and he intercedes as he's preparing to go back to be with his father. He prays for the children of God and the business that will be left in their hands. As we continue today's message, Pastor Randa provides answers to key questions that will strengthen our resolve to prayer and fasting. What is prayer? What should be our posture in prayer? What is fasting? How should we approach fasting? What happens if God's people fail to pray? What happens when God's children pray? Keep listening as Pastor Rander guides us through the Word of God for the answers to these questions. And keep your Bible, pen, and paper handy. Philippians chapter 1, verses 3 and 5 is another intercessory prayer. It says, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, making requests for you all with joy in your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. His Paul is incarcerated, he's in jail, and he's not thinking about himself. He's a praying man. He's thinking about the Philippian church, the church at Philippi. And he says, I thank God upon every memory of you, always in, look at what he says, in every prayer of mine, making requests for you. Hey, look at that. 
in every huh? in every what prayer of mine making requests for you isn't that awesome every time he prays he's thinking about others that's big every time you know every time you pray are you thinking about others are you thinking about yourself? God give me help my car help my house oh God I feel a little pain right here Oh God, my children made a C. They made a D. They made a L. Oh God. Oh God. It's a me, 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 me. Well, you ought to pray for yourself. Because some folks say they're praying for you, they're not praying for you. Once you pray for yourself, you know you've been prayed for. But your prayer ought to go beyond you. Are y'all hearing me? It ought to go beyond you. I fall short in this area. That's a big thing. Always in every prayer of mine, making requests for you all with joy. Boy, when you start praying for others, it takes the attention off of yourself. So Galatians 6.2 says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. You know, when you bear other folk burdens and people are hurting all over this world. That's if that happened to you, would you want somebody praying for you? I mean, you get an earthquake, you get a tsunami, and then you get all the radioactive stuff, and then it's cold. You can't find your family, you know where they are, I mean, they wash out the sea, you, everything is disarray, thousands and thousands of thousands of people in shelters, and all of that, while you, we sit in our comfortable homes because they haven't knocked on our door. Do you care? If you are not praying, you really won't care. Praying people are caring people. But if you're not praying, you don't care. The Spirit of God will move your compassion. Prayer will move your compassion. What number am I on? I don't preach so much, I lost my number. What? Number four. Number four, okay, thank you. Help me. I mean, I get, I get carried away in the Spirit of God. Number four. Uh, if our prayer life is deficient, there will be a lack of trust in God and an increase of worry in our lives, which will result in a heart that is filled with unrest, anxiety, and trouble. When there is a deficiency of prayer in your life, there will be an increase of worry. Worry for young guys in football. Worry about you're going to make the team. You're going to make the cut. Are they going to use you this year more? I'm, I'm up here on a scholarship, but I, I, I'm not where I want to be. You know, or am I going to get injured? You know, kids worry too. You know, kids, kids got a lot, a lot of things to worry about. There's something, some of them worry, kids worry about their parents. Are they going to stay together? My parents, they see you acting so bad as mom and dad. In other words, they're worried about are y'all going to divorce or not. Your child ought not be worried about oh, you on the brink of divorce. They got enough issues. And you expect them to make good grades, and they're wondering about, well, am I going to still have a family? See? Children worry. There's a lot of things. And listen, when you see all this stuff happening all around us and all in this country, and when you see the economy and all these things, listen, if you're not praying, Satan will give you 103 things to worry about, and he'll, Satan's objective is to worry you crazy. I've never said it like that before, but I'm saying it because spirit. Satan's objective is to worry you crazy. He, will, he, wants you, he wants to worry you to the point that you are of no kingdom good. 
A lot of this, for those of you who happen to be here as workers, there's something strange going on here. Because some of you under my voice, probably too, too many of you have been worried about too many things and your worry is getting the best of you. And when you worry, it, it puts on display your lack of trust in God. Matthew 6, 25 says, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. John 14, 1 says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Philippians 4, 6 says, Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known unto God. He says, don't worry, be prayerful, pray. Nobody should have to beg you to come to church to pray. Beg you to come to prayer meeting. Beg you to, to, to pray. Listen, the, the, listen, what's happening around this world is not just exclusive to them. That's a wake-up call that we're next. And who knows what America is going to experience real soon. You say, you're trying to scare? No, I'm not trying to scare you. I'm trying to prepare you. I'm trying to prepare you. And when you are praying before the crisis, you won't collapse in the crisis. Did you hear what I said? If you're praying, betrayal won't get the best of you. How folk treat you won't get the best of you. Being fired for unjust reason won't get, get the best of you. Somebody putting you out won't get the best of you. You know, broken promises won't get the best of you when you are praying it through. Number five, final uh, but not the least. If we fail to pray, our spirit of gratitude will decline and there will be an increase of grumbling and complaining. The more we pray, the more grateful we are for the multitudes of blessings which our Lord showers upon we who are so undeserving. Prayer ushers in a spirit of thanksgiving. You know what? If you're not praying, you're going to be, you're going to be negative. You're going to be a habitual grumbler and complaining. Oh, he preaching too long. Why did he have to say that? Why do we have to go here and eat? Children, I don't like this. Your children tell me what they don't like? Just leave it there long enough. They'll come eat it. They eat. They get hungry enough. They eat. They sure will. I, I, they will. I'm trying, I'm trying to be careful. <laughs> All I'm saying is that, listen, the more we pray, the more content we are with God with ourselves, and we don't have to have something because everybody else got it. Because the truth be told, somebody will always be able to outdo you. Huh? Come on here. Somebody, I don't care how fast you run, somebody else going to run a little faster. I don't care how well you can shoot, somebody else going to be able to shoot a little bit better. I don't care how smart you are, you're going to run to somebody that's a little bit smarter. I don't care how handsome you are, somebody's a little bit more handsome. I don't care how pretty you are, somebody's going to be a little bit prettier. Huh? Oh, yeah. I don't care how well your children are doing, you're going to talk to somebody whose children are doing a little bit better than yours. So what I'm saying is that the Bible says, whatsoever state I'm in, just learn to be content. They said, what happened over Japan, the, the technology and stuff going to go up and expensive. I told my wife, well, 
we got enough technology as it is. We just need to use it. We don't need another iPad. That's right. What do we need more? Listen, we're not using all of what we have. And you get this, and they come out with that, and you get that, and they get this, and you get that, and you get that, and you're, you're out proud. This is how with, with technology. How much is enough, folk? And you're just as mean as you can be with all that stuff. You're just as selfish as you can be with all that stuff. The more you have, the worse you act. When are you going to be thankful? You make, you're grumbling because you can't find what to put on. The truth be told, you can't find what to put on because you got too much in the closet. You're just grouching. Just, you, you, you're blessed grouch. I mean, you ought to say thank you. Thank you. you that, that time you didn't have the choices you had. The time you used to couldn't do what you have done. There were times when you couldn't go where you used to couldn't go. There were times we were forbidden because of our race from, from going certain places. You can't say somebody holding you back. You holding yourself back. I don't know. They hold, ain't nobody holding you back but you. I'm not, I don't feel sorry for folk that don't get up and do something with their life. Throwing yourself a pity party. My teacher used to say, I'm laughing. I ain't even tickled. <laughs> When she said, she said, baby, that's I'm laughing and I'm not even tickled. Yeah, you know. No, no you your worst enemy. I, I dare you to just be faithful for what you got. It'll change your attitude, change your disposition, to remove the grumbling. Look at these scriptures on Thanksgiving. Psalms 35, 18. I, I will give you thanks in the great assembly. I will praise you among many people. Psalms 107, 8 and 9. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his mercy, for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he satisfies the longing soul and fills the hungry soul with goodness. Psalm 119, 61 through 63 says, The cords of the wicked have bound me, but I have forgot, but I have not forgotten your law. Look, at midnight I will rise to give thanks to you because of your righteous judgment. I am a companion of all who fear you and of those who keep your precepts. I tell you what, you can just thank yourself happy. That's right. You ought to thank God. Thank God that you got muscles to move. You ought to thank God that you can put one foot in front of the other. When last time you thank God for an eye blink? When last time you thank God for your kit? When last time you thank God for your lungs to inhale and exhale? When last time you said you thank God for your toes? When is the last time you thank God for your immune system? When is the last time you thank God for your saliva? Huh? When is the last time you thank God for your hearing? When is the last time you thank God for your parents? When is the last time you thank God for your eyes? When is the last time you thank God for your taste buds? When's the last time you thank God for your house? When's the last time you thank God for your children and grandchildren? When's the last time you thank God for oxygen? Huh? When's the last time you thank God that he puts up with you? Huh? Don't look at me. When's the last time with your cock and When's the last time you thank God for just putting up with you? But truth be told, all of us should be wiped out. I mean, when is the last time you thank God for the Bible? 
that you don't even bring to church. Huh? When is the last time you thank God for the privilege of prayer? When is the last time you thank God for the cross? When is the last time you thank God for his incarnation, his birth? When is the last time you thank God for his life? When is the last time you thank God for his death on the cross? When is the last time you thank God for shedding his blood on the cross? When is the last time you thank God for his death on the cross? When is the last time you thank God for his burial? And when was the last time you thank God for his resurrection? When is the last time you thank God that you know that it's going to be all over? Because one of these on one of these mornings, one of these old days, he may come in the morning, he may come in the noonday, he may come in the evening, but I'm just glad he's coming back. I'm waiting till my change comes. When the last time you thank God that he's preparing a place for you to live with him forever? When you start thanking, of God, thanking God for his goodness to you? Look, you, when the last time you thank God for your salvation? How many glad you saved? Do you realize what you've been delivered from? You've been so saved so long that you, you forgot all that lowdown stuff? Listen, you were a rascal and you knew it. And God, God put up with your stuff and saved you in spite of yourself. And me too. You, sometimes you let folks think, lead the folks to believe that you've always been saved. You're not, you haven't been all that. We've all been saved from something and out of something. When next time you thank God for grace? All I'm saying today, when you start thanking God, it flushes out the critical spirit. When you start thanking God, it hushes the grumbling and the complaining. Get grumble, 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 grumble. And then wonder why folk don't want to be around you. You got a disease called grumbleitis. <laughs> and God is telling you to hush your mouth and be grateful. And all God's children said. As Pastor Rander concludes part one of this message with this question, what happens when God's children pray? Well, we know that prayer changes things. We know that God answers the prayers of the righteous. We know that through fervent prayer, God protects us from the enemy because his strength is made perfect in our weakness. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching by Pastor Rander, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church located in Converse, Texas. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.